0: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and, Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome
1: back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at wall 23 Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Hit the notifications bell if you want. We will be giving out a prize pack to our next 500 when we hit 500, we'll be giving away a uh, prize pack randomly. To yeah, I can't guys. afford
2: that many prize packs, Herb. But the next 500 people, that's a lot hey, of prize hey, packs. if hey,
1: 500 people <laughs> go today and sign up. We'll find a way.
2: No, we won't today. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a big ask. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but any okay. event, yeah, 312 566 8727
1: is the way you can leave us a voice message 312 566 8727 or locked on socks at gmail.com. That is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing?
2: Good. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan
0: Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go.
2: And Locked On White Sox, episode two eighty, is brought to you by our friends at Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked-on rooms. The White Sox winners last night, big win, exciting win, one of the more exciting victories of the year, I think. They win nine to five, and they take uh, the second of uh, their four-game series against the Twins. Uh, they're looking to hopefully take the rubber match later on today. So, I guess where we start here with this ball game, the. Another one of these victories, Herb, that really just, you know, is the the avatar for the 2021 White Sox. Guys picking up each other. Unlikely heroes, late game heroics, back-to-back nights now after the Sheets home run the other evening, and now you have the late inning heroics in the 8th inning. Let's just go straight to the 8th inning. I know we usually start with the starting pitcher, but Mm -hmm. the story of this game was in that 8th inning, of course. When you take it back to this inning, you have Ryan Burr, and piggybacking off of what we said on the show yesterday one of my large points that i'm hoping that you'll you'll come around now uh, to see my what i'm thinking here but in terms of the biggest weakness and biggest need uh, is right-handed relief pitching and you saw it was on full display uh in the eighth inning ryan burr comes on and replaces michael kopech which we'll we'll, we'll work backwards here we'll get to kopech in a second but mm-hmm. the, the eighth inning donaldson gets on board with the single to lead off the inning and then jorge polanco uh, does a nice job Hitting a high fastball, uh, 95-plus miles an hour, uh, pulling it to right field for a two-run shot. Blanco's done that against the Sox before and, you know, Ryan Burr's had a really nice season, but that's not an ideal spot. Like That's that's not how you want it to shake out against a, a, an opponent like, you know, the Astros or the A's later on in the year uh, when uh, when you're in a postseason series. You're hoping that Ryan Burr is not your eighth inning guy. I know circumstances change and Kopech came in earlier than he would have, but even Kopech was not sharp. So, you know, the, the right handed arm out of the bullpen um, do you feel a little bit differently than he did 24 24- hours ago
1: (laughs) not really yet
2: (laughs) yeah it's a pressing
1: need I 100% but not number one yeah that's fair that second base position is uh the one they need to sure up before they get to the playoffs but yeah there's a hundred percent we need to get a right-handed reliever because yeah Ryan Burr has had some good luck and he's done well for us for the most part you know he's a net positive for this year but he's reverting back to The Ryan Burr we saw before his injury over the Tommy John. So, you know, we all need a guy who's a lockdown guy, who's a guy you can count on when um, things get tough. And Ryan Burr, the last couple outings, has not been a great addition. And I I wish, as Steve and Jason might have uh, intimated in that eighth inning, they started off with Liam Hendricks. You have a a one-run lead, protect it with your guy who was a multiple inning guy. So he was fresh and hadn't pitched since Sunday in a non safe situation again. I know he pitched in the ninth, but I would have went with uh Liam in that eighth inning. But whatever yeah got, uh,
2: yeah i've got, I've got uh, audio of liam Hendricks when he saw the Sox just uh pouring it on there in the eighth inning knowing he would not be in a safe situation i had him mic'd up for that one god
0: damn it, fuck god it.
2: God damn it. Uh, he was not happy uh, out there but uh re- regardless you know it's not a spot that they would normally throw ryan burr in and we just don't know enough about ryan burr even though we, we feels like we, he's been here forever but between the uh, the tommy john and, you know, the, the the time that he missed there, we you know, he's clearly not a, an overpowering stuff guy. He's a pitch-to-contact guy, and, you know, he's done a good job of inducing double plays in big spots, but you saw a bleeder go through also after the Polanco home run to Kepler. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that doesn't rely on pure stuff. And when, you, when you're when you talking about a guy relying on rolling up a ground ball or two, sometimes that can work against you. So uh, just something to note. So, you know, the, the, the Sox, they surrender the lead there in the top half of the eighth, but they come roaring back bottom half of the eighth. Leory Garcia leads off. You talk about your your glaring need uh, for the second base spot. He he leads off the inning with a strikeout. Adam Engel walks, and uh, Alcala really was struggling with the command there in the bottom half of the eighth inning. He walks Collins. So he back-to-back walks he issued. And I just want to talk about Adam Engel in a second here uh, because he just did an amazing job coming around to score there. But uh, Andrew Vaughn comes up in the pinch hit spot. And this was uh, one of the key plays of the game, comes up and delivers that RBI single, just does a really nice job of going opposite field with it, does not try to do too much. And you're in a situation where the, the, the pitcher is struggling to find his control, so it can be tough to, to you know wrangle that and, and try to stay in the moment and just take what's given to you, but he did just that. Uh, singles home Adam Engel for the RBI, and it's a tie game there at that point. And I just want to talk about Adam Engel here for a second because the fact that he is not only just serviceable, but the fact that he's a, turned himself into a pretty damn good baseball player that's so huge for this team right now because he does so many things well. He's really a polished player, and you know, it he, he was a tough read on that ball, the ball was not hit. Uh, by Vaughn, deep out enough into uh, right center field, so he, he did not know if it would be caught or not. And then he does a good job turning on the jets. He uses that natural ability, that natural speed that he has, and he did a good job with a nice slide there too, man. But but the Adam Engel being healthy and being good has been such a revelation for this team the past two seasons. Uh, I just uh, I, I love seeing him play, and it, we talk about it often. But just the the transformation of of this kid as a player, it just uh, it's it's one of the key factors I think going forward of, of the depth of this team.
1: Credit to him and Frank Menachino to turning himself around to the player that he's become. Three walks today to get on base at any nece- any uh, means necessary there. Didn't get any hits, but you saw it. He has that awesome speed where he's like stopped. The guy has the ball. He's not even hitting third yet, and he just turns on the Jets on an awesome slide to m- miss the tag of the catcher. He knew he was safe. I thought Just like you, I think. We were texting.
2: We were texting. We watch on YouTube TV, both Herb and I. And, you know, so we are are behind and we don't look at – I wasn't looking at Twitter people who are at the game talking about what happened and I didn't see a replay, but just – on the spot, I thought he was out. I thought the tag had gotten him, but before the hand slipped in there, and he, which, thankfully we were wrong on that one. I was wrong yeah. about two calls, uh, that we talked about in our text thread review chain. But yeah, man, it's just it, really, really good, really good effort there by Adam Engel, and just he had that little stutter too—a brief stutter going around third base. But he's fast enough where he can mm-hmm. overcome those two things both happening—and you got to credit our guy, Super Joe for the aggressive send right there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive send guy unless it's wrong and then I hate it. Um, but <laughs> later on in that inning there uh, where, where the White Sox are able to – they tie the game at that point. And then Tim Anderson, RIP to the hit streak. He's not able to come through there uh, in the eighth inning. and But then – Of course, like as we predicted all season long, you know who's the guy that picks up Tim Anderson? Well, it's Billy Hamilton, of course. Obviously, he comes the hitter. Yeah, exactly. Comes through with the RBI single, putting the Sox on top, and then Jose Abreu putting the dagger in, man, and twisting it a little bit too uh, with, with the home run there, with the the three run bomb to really ice things for the Sox. And you know, I wanted to get this. This was on my notepad yesterday, but we did not get a chance to truly empty it, but. Jose Abreu is really returning to form that we saw from last season and really every season Jose Abreu has been here. Him being a a dominant force in the middle of that lineup, that really changes things going forward here, and it's a pleasant sight to see with Jose Abreu. Yeah, and he comes up a single short of the cycle today, which is very unusual,
1: and the guy just is centering balls and crushing Off the bat, that home run, I thought – was just going to be a high pop-up that's going to be on the warning track, but it just kept on going. Ho's got that power that, you know, it's just sneaky power. Sometimes Frank Thomas used to hit balls like that, and you're like, oh, my God, that's not a home run, and it just keeps on traveling because he's got grown man strength. So, yeah, he's he's routing into form in the month of July. He had a weak April, strong May, struggling June, and getting going right now in July I hope it continues throughout the season because I think statistically August is his best month uh in his career so you guys can check that if you want but we can keep this going if Jose Abreu is gonna be the Jose Abreu that has shown up every year for the White Sox in the summer that'll be awesome and then we get the two reinforcements of
2: Aloy and Luis Robert, that'll be awesome. So that capped a a really magical inning, as Jason Benetti put it. You know, this team does have a little bit of that 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 shine, man. Like the baseball thing that you can't quantify, you can't manufacture it. Uh, it's just that thing that good teams have. Magic, whole lot of magic. Where they, they 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 rally together and they come through in big spots. They pick each other up even when your stars are not performing. But now Herb, the stars are performing. Juan uh, Moncada with another bomb last night. He's getting, you know, he's been hitting for a while, but the power stroke is returning. That's the one thing that we've been waiting to see. And I think he hit three balls well over 100 miles an hour exit velocity. And then you know he hits the the bomb from the left side. Then he turns around on the right side and hits that double. Uh, looking flies hell with the uh, with the Air Jordan Concord Elevens, um, you know it's to, to boot. Just looking fresh to death. And Chuck Garfine tweeted this stat earlier on in the evening. Uh, most home runs in the American League in the last thirty days. The White Sox are atop the list, uh, along with the Blue Jays with thirty four. Uh, Red Sox, Indians, Twins, Rangers also there in the thirties as well. So it's not a definite indicator of of success. But we talked about it early on in the season that the home runs were not there and now they're starting to come and they're starting to come in bunches and they're coming from the guys who you expect them to come from. And now you're going to get uh, some help with Eloy Jimenez coming back and we're going to get to his antics in the outfield a little bit later too because yeah. you are taken aback by the, the video that was that was tweeted, as was I, when I was driving home from work. Um, but yeah, man, just Yon Moncada getting that power stroke back. That Now you see, and he's tightened up the defense there at third base as far as the, the, getting the throw down the first base. Base, Now you're seeing why this is the guy that they centered the Chris Sale trade around like this guy is a dynamic player. He can he does everything well. And if he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark, please forget about it.
1: And uh, before I get to Yoan and I was right about Jose August is by far his best month. He hits three thirty five three ninety one on base and a five ninety five slugging for almost a thousand OPS. It's hundred points plus more than any other month in the calendar. That's for him, not fair career-wise. You've
2: got a team of statisticians there with you. I, I don't have access to those numbers.
1: A Jeff Mangurton, Cedar, <laughs> my guy Chris is here. We're all we're all crunching numbers Kamka
2: there. had the had, had the really great stat about the White Sox most times having a triple short of the cycle. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, that was really, really Johnny on the spot right there. And, of course, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I, I'm going to hear uh, Wimpy saying that in my head like as a kid, just hear, hear, hearing him say, Big Frank just needs a triple for that cycle. You know what I mean? 28 so, times. Jeez, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, ridiculous. But,
1: yeah, Yohan Moncada is a talent that we haven't seen in a long time. Switch hitting third baseman who can glove it and has power from both sides. And this year, he hasn't shown it, but lately he's just turning it on. Maybe it just took him to get a hundred percent healthy. Maybe it just he was just working himself into this form because he's always had a like a four hundred unbase percentage this year, and now he's putting together a couple of great at bats. The home run stroke is good. The right handed stroke looks awesome because that home run he hit the other day was the first home run he's hit right handed this year, which is very unusual this deep into the the season. So to see him hit that double rocket double off uh I forgot who was pitching at that time but he crushed that ball um off of uh Caleb Theobar Thiel- crushed yeah. that ball Theobar
2: the- man Theobar the most uh, delicious uh, reliever <laughs> <laughs> that you're facing ever ever <laughs> 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 yeah love a Theobar
1: and uh Yohan enjoyed that field bar. It was very delicious. It went down smooth, and it doesn't uh, have a lot of calories. It exactly. hit off the top of the wall. You know, he thought he had a home run. I thought off the bat it was a home run, but, you know, he hit it deep into left center field. So it's good to see him rounding into shape. The whole White Sox power thing rounding into shape, as you just said, they're what, tied with the Blue Jays in most home runs in the last 30 days. We were worried about that. And now they're like, okay, we've done enough. We've got on base, we've led the league in on base, and now let's put together a couple of bats who are taking this ball over the fence, and they're doing that in a great fashion. And Yoan Moncada, being that guy, I was not a fan of Yoan Moncada dropping from the second to the fifth spot, but Tony had said, like, hey, we need him in a more of an RBI spot today, and we'll have Sheets up in the number two spot and see what we can do. It was a good move because Yohan Moncada is crushing the ball three for four,
2: two runs driven in today. Absolutely. Uh, very, 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 very solid effort by the offense. And there's, they're getting help, as I mentioned. Uh, it, was, it was tweeted that Yasmani Grandal was out there jogging. Uh, I believe it's a soft J uh, with the training staff on the field before the game. We saw him playing catch over the weekend, but now he's out there doing a little light jogging. So, again, don't rush him back, especially a guy that's at the position of catcher. You don't want to rush back earlier. Because, they, they, you know, I, I'm conflicted about this because. Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala have done a really nice job up to this point, but you kind of saw some of the offensive deficiencies uh, from that spot. It's just, you know, I know offensive production, that catcher is not a luxury that most teams have, but, you know, you, when you lift Sebi Zavala after he already uh, didn't come through in a big spot with the bases loaded earlier in the game, and then it's, you know, you have the depth. So it's it's okay. You can manage, but you got to get Grandal back, you know, sooner than later. Uh, because I don't think this 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 depth here at catcher is going to really carry them through for an extended period of time here, let's say another month or so, which we were all kind of projecting Grandal was going to be out for a considerable amount of time. When you saw that you have to go in there and operate, then you see him like uh, on crutches in and in a cast or a brace or whatever it was. You're like, ooh, that doesn't look good for a catcher. But he's out there already testing it, so that, that's good right there. But getting back to the the catching spot, as we weave our way back to what the uh, the pitching staff did last night. Michael Kopech looked human last night. We'll talk about his struggles next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by a new friend. It's our friends at Wild Alaskan. We all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein, but the seafood counter can be intimidating at times. Which fish tastes the best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Well, Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. That really sounds delicious, especially this summer. Throw some salmon on the grill Folks, there's nothing better, I'm telling you. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, for our Lockdown White Sox listeners, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit Wild Alaskan Company slash mlb That's slash mlb for $15 off of your first box. Keuchel was solid as usual, but you did use the Dallas Keichel thing. you would like to have him go deeper. that the, the push and pull with Keuchel and Tony, that's already happened a couple times this year where Keichel believes he could have stayed in the ball game. Um, and and Tony takes him out, and you know Dallas wants to be in there, but the numbers say otherwise. You know even Tony knows that. Like Tony's a guy that'll let you go out there and win or lose the ball game uh, on your own merit, but not with Dallas Keuchel for whatever he, he sees what we all see. Dallas goes five innings, four hits, just the two runs, uh, two walks, but six strikeouts. You know to his credit, Dallas did have that big moment there where he's able to strike out. Cruz, uh, when he represented the tying run in the fifth inning, that was one of the big spots in the ball game. As you go back and look at it, uh, the, his moment of truth, uh, if you will. But uh, you know the the stuff. You know we know that that's 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 what Dallas Keuchel does. He's going to give you uh, five innings or so, and he's going to limit the damage, and he's going to give you a competent outing. But you know it's going to be a bullpen night uh, pretty much after that. So it was a good opportunity for Michael Kopech to come in and throw multiple innings. But uh, sadly, he just did not have it. Could not find the strike zone early gives up the bomb to Donaldson. And then back to Sevy Zavala real quick, kudos to him. He took charge realizing that his pitcher was struggling out there. He was out in the wilderness, and, and Zavala reeled him in. He caught Michael Kopech in 2018 back in Charlotte, and I think that matters because I'm, I'm not sure every catcher would have done this, but he's a guy that's worked with him enough to know when, when his pitcher's losing it out there. He just puts the glove down, as Stoney articulated during the game, put the glove down, just throw it to me, and he was able to, to get through it Relatively unscathed, it was not the sharpest we've seen Michael Kopech, uh, you know, all year by any means. But he goes two innings, and how about this for a guy not being sharp? You know, with, with the high standards we have for Michael Kopech, mm-hmm. two innings, one hit, gives up the run, the home run, it was earned, obviously, two walks and four punchouts. <laughs> you know, but that was off night for Michael Kopech there. But yeah, man, he just he just did not have it. But I thought that was a nice job by Savala to, to reel him in there, and you know, what? Kopech is uh, in there long enough to get the hold, which was good.
1: Yeah, he looked off and they were talking about his command being off. And, you know me, that's the most impressive when you do work still without your best stuff. After he gave up the Josh Donaldson home run, he was pissed. He was really mad. And then he went to work. Polanco high fastball peace by Kepler and Miguel Sano. See you soon. He got mad and got the job done. And we we're saying like he didn't have his stuff and he couldn't find the zone. And yeah, Seve Zavala, all the crap I give uh, him of being a no hit guy, he can catch and he understands the, the art of catching and why he's on the roster for. Yeah, he was like, you're not you're not locating your slider right now. Still at 97 low and we'll we'll see what we can do with it. They can't fuck with it. You're you're Michael kopeck Let's get it together. And, yeah, that line right there might not be, like, eye-poppingly bad, but that we know that is not what Michael Kopeck can represent when he goes out there. But all the same, it's a pretty good line for a reliever to only give up one hit, which is off of jo- – I mean, Josh Donaldson will hit home runs off people. It's a 3-1 count, guys, so sometimes a man's going to beat you and, you know. Right off the bat, you knew it was a home run. So, tip of the cap. You go up, you go back, and you go and get Jorge Polanco and Kepler, and then Miguel said no, and he did those three things.
2: Yeah. So I think we can turn the page on on this victory. It was another impressive team win. It's always satisfying to to beat the Twins, even though always. you know I I was texting with Spiegel this morning, and uh, we talked about it a little bit in the five o'clock hour of yesterday's show. Just like I, I feel like it's I I it's not as satisfying as I thought it would be. Uh, curb stomping the Twins, you know, because all those years where the Sox ate shit from the Tigers and Twins and Indians and pretty much every team in the division, the Royals too, when they had their moments, the Sox have, have seen a lot of teams be good in the division before they got good. And I was like, oh, I remember we would talk about this, right? Herb, like, I can't wait till this. I think I remember saying this to you multiple times. I can't wait till the Sox are good. Like, you know, when, when these prospects started coming up and Moncada started to look good, like I told you, like, I cannot wait till the Sox are good and they can start paying these teams back for the abuse that they inflicted on the Sox over the past five, six years. But it's not quite as satisfying when the Twins are bad. I know I should enjoy it more, but I I tend to look at this thing now more through the lens of, all right, how will the Sox fare against the top tier competition in the American League? Like the Twins, like, I feel like they're not a challenge to the White Sox. Like they're, you know, they, they can beat the Twins without playing their best game. You know, the Twins have to play their best game to beat the White Sox, but it's not the case the other way around. I don't know, maybe I'm just me out there. If you're any other Sox fans who feel the same way, hit us up on the email at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. I hope we get a mailbag later on this week. But yeah, let me know uh, what you guys are thinking about that. I, I thought it would be more exciting. I know you always enjoy beating up on the weird-ass Twins. Weird-ass Minnesota Twins! Uh, but for me, I just it's a little bittersweet. You know, it's almost like, you know, it's, a, it's an injured dog out there you know the the way they are so um, i mean we talked about it beginning of the year we're talking about tim anderson
1: and we're talking about lucas giolito throat stomping yeah and that's what they're doing with the minnesota twins 12 and 3 so far on the season versus the twins just keep on pounding the out of these people (laughs) i love it every single time i don't know if i love any victory more than beating on the minnesota twins i know people got hyped over this weekend when they beat the astros and that's a great one i i enjoy yeah winning i enjoy that first, the astros <laughs> but the minnesota twins victories are just they just fill my heart with so much joy i love it because i just think about Corey koski you yeah, oh, and yeah. i think about all those guys lou ford <laughs> lou ford and
2: it just it just hurts Nick Punto, yeah
1: yeah like those bums used to Serve the White Sox every time. It's like, why are we not beating these Barangas? (laughs) And now to beat, which is a formidable lineup. I don't give a damn. They're a formidable lineup. Their pitching staff might not be great, but hell, they throw out some people out there that can hurt you. And to beat the hell out of them. Feels so great when that Jose Abreu home run happened. I was like, these Minnesota Twins are going <laughs> down. Yes, let's go. Let's let a, skull, a, a stump mud hole in these people. Yeah. I feel great about it. I understand what you're saying. A wounded dog. They're not of our caliber, so to beat them doesn't feel as satisfying as it should be. But I'm always about that.
2: Like I still have a little bit of that hate for for the Indians, and I and I really want the Sox to finish them off every time they play them and leave no doubt. You know, and, and not make this division race closer than it needs to be. So I'm all for that. I I'm, I'm looking forward to them playing the Indians again uh, next weekend. Uh, I believe Juan Mancata bobblehead, and uh, maybe Eloy returns. And we'll get to him in a second. But you mentioned the Peranias. This is something I forgot to get to yesterday. Just a real quick aside. Ozzie Guillen referring to Jake Berger just straight up as cheeseburger during the post game. Like it's one of my new favorite things right here. It's
0: nothing you can do about it. You look at cheeseburger, try to throw the ball first, <laughs> all the song. God, God. <laughs> you can see what happening. Guys playing out of position. That cheeseburger is playing different places. You know what I mean? Just he do a lot of different things. Just call it a cheeseburger.
2: Oh, um, I love that. Ozzy is just the absolute best, dude. That's my shit right there. Um, but we talked about Eloy coming back. And the uh, the, the Charlotte Knights is, is uh, where he's currently uh, playing his, uh, his rehab ball. They were in Raleigh-Durham taking on the Bulls and uh, – second inning in that ball game. Uh, Eloy makes a, a, a diving catch. And it was a video tweeted out by the Charlotte Knights, and you can imagine if you're Rick Hahn, uh, you know, I would imagine he's probably watching the feed in his office or whatever. He's got that MILB TV package going, Um, and he sees Eloy going out there diving for that ball awkwardly, and just the the camera work at the, the minor league level is not what the major league level is. Like, you know, the odd cutaways at odd times, like all of a sudden Eloy is diving for a ball, he catches it, and then he's just laying there on his back and then they just cut to the base runner like who looks confused and all of a sudden it looks like Eloy's dead out there but I, I enough get him out of there get him up here where you can have control and and keep him in the DH spot every night like I I, I can't watch another video of Eloy playing defense anymore man especially when you see what capable defense looks like out there you know I, I can't I just can't have it man it's horrendous
1: yeah, I don't understand. I know that they're trying to get him all conditioned up for National League games, and maybe this weekend in Milwaukee, and congratulations to the Bucks for winning a championship. Maybe Eloy pitches or uh, plays left field for them, and getting him right for that in the minors leagues is a, uh, a, a virtual thing they have to do, but I don't know why. Stop leaving your feet! They th- No, no, I mean, I think they <laughs> told him that, but He doesn't listen. Yeah, he's a natural guy and when he sees a ball, he's gonna be a baseball player. So I would... I don't know why they just say, hey, while you're down in the minors, we want you to just hit. Get your conditioning right. And if we need to play you in the outfield when we get to the majors, we'll worry about that up here. The worst thing you want is for him to get hurt. You don't want him to get hurt before he gets up to the major league uh, squad. So I understand why they're doing it because they're trying to get him ready for these uh, games, but also, God damn it, every White Sox fan held their breath when they saw that. It's like, great, you got to out in a minor league game. Who cares? (laughs) And if he does that in a major league game where he pulls up and lets a ball hit where he could have dove for it, every White Sox fan is like, hey, man, we don't give a goddamn. Who cares about that single? You're hitting next inning. It's all good. So, yeah, I, they probably have told him ad nauseum. And like you said, he ignores them or he's just taking his natural instincts takes over. Or he might, might want to have, hey, look at this tape. I've made a great catch. I am an improved left fielder. He wants to show that to Rick Hahn and to uh, uh, Tony Larusa. Hey, you can play me on left field because I am a good left fielder. No one wants him to show that he's a good left fielder. What I want him to show is that he's a good hitter. And that's all that matters.
2: I have obtained audio of, of Rick Hahn's conversation with uh, Eloy Jimenez, where Eloy Jimenez asked Rick Hahn uh, if he can finally go out and return to left field and play at least one inning in left field uh, before the season's over. And Rick Hahn said... Just ask me after the parade. <laughs> um, so that's, the I think, the only way I want to see Eloy is at DH, and I, you know, I'm, I'm done with seeing that. But we'll take a quick time out here. We'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to sign up for the email and text alerts with Built Bar like I did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now. grasshopper cookie. It's Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love. All the flavor without that sugar, just 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 5 grams of sugar. I'm down 24 pounds now thanks to Built Bar. Been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life, replacing them with Built Bars, and it's worked great. As a matter of fact, I just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor, German chocolate. They are outstanding. They're 180 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar and just four grams of net carbs. And I only got them because I signed up for their email and text alerts. So as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock, and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors, they sell out quickly. I was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before I go on vacation. So now I won't be without them even on vacation. And there's flavors for everyone at buildbar.com. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies, and cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors depending on what your tastes are. So, order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or even raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Brad Fuller from the National Pro Fishing League tell you more.
0: I've been a dipper of chewing tobacco for over 20 years. I have quit started and quit and started. And now I found a product where I don't have to quit. Let me introduce you to Fully Loaded. This product is food grade quality, but it's not tobacco. That means the nicotine that's in this is not from tobacco. It's actually called TFN, it's Tobacco Free Nicotine. So you still get nicotine, but it's not from tobacco. Guys, I've tried a lot of these brands and things like this before. This is as close and as real to real tobacco as you're gonna get. You get all the benefits of it, And what I like about it, they have great flavors, they have pouches, they have straight, they have long cut, and it actually dips like real dip. It comes in fully loaded, half loaded, and then the nicotine free. So you you can walk yourself back and walk away from the nicotine. I love it. You're going to love it.
2: And now Fully Loaded Chew is offering a Locked On team listeners a special offer right now. You can try it just for $1. That's right, folks. Just one buck. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use our promo code Locked On. That's right. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKDOWN at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at fullyloadedchew.com. Betting on baseball does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. It's the final game of the four-game set versus the weird ass Minnesota Twins and Dylan Cease will be on the bump for the Sox. He's 7 and 5 with a 4.15 ERA that ERA steadily climbing. Dylan sees among one of the guys whose uh, spin rate has been dropping considerably. Start after start, he's trying to f- navigate his way, and uh, he'll be going up against Michael Pineda, who's three and five with a four eleven earn run average for the Twins. And this would be a good time for the the Sox to to really throat stomp in time, like you said. And I do feel better about it when you when you when you remind me of those quotes there. You know, I think if they can take three out of four here. From the Twins, That'll be, they'll be in good shape here going into the off day before a big series with the uh, the Brewers here. Um, why is your uh, the police are coming for you, Herb? And it's getting louder. Are they oh in my your God. house? <laughs>
1: They're coming for me.
2: It's the uh, baseball police. I've been talking too much shit about
1: throat-stomping the Minnesota Twins. They don't like my uh, unprofessionals-like uh, performance.
2: It might be Tony La Ooh. Yeah, hey, <laughs> he's legitimate. Uh, yeah, I don't know if your Zoom was like, it, it's like, ooh, this is noise we want to have here on the show, so let's amplify, amplify the background noise, because you weren't messing with anything, were you? Oh, I was not. Okay. I I tried to mute it, (laughs) but I had to talk also. So I was like, "Mm, oh, that doesn't work. You know what? That might have been the old mix minus, maybe over mm. here on my end so problems on your end that's what we say in the radio business problem <laughs> is on your end my friend so yeah uh it'd be nice to get three out of four here from the twins here with the off day uh, heading into that milwaukee series i'll be up there saturday hopefully they have that parade by friday and get it all over and done with so we're dealing with no extra traffic there going up to uh whatever the hell they call that ballpark now so uh we'll be back
1: american family insurance field
2: all right, yeah, so we'll be back with a recap of that game tonight. We'll have the recap posted at midnight, provided the game is still not going on at that point, but uh, that's all I got for today's show, Herb.
1: That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwell, 23 and our show is at Socks 312-566-8727, or Socks at gmail.com. For Chris and me, thank you for listening to Socks.